this morning I'm going to be preaching um, from uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And um, I have a message that I've entitled, Think on These Things. Think on These Things. And um, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8, Paul says in this verse, he says, Think on these things. And um, in this, this chapter, it has so much packed into it. And um, this message will be in uh, a few parts that I'll share later on. But I found uh, this portion of scripture um, encouraging during these times. Uh, in verse 8, Paul uh, here, he lists several things to the believers in Philippi of what they should think on or things they should be thinking about. And these last few weeks have given most of us a lot of time to think. Um, but what are we thinking on? What's on our mind? What are we uh, dwelling upon during these days that we're at home and uh, trying to take care of ourselves? So verse number eight, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. So we see at the beginning of that verse, it says, finally, brethren. So we need to backtrack a little bit here. We need to go back to what Paul was saying at the beginning of this chapter. Um, as we go through this passage of scripture, we're going to notice that every verse just builds on top of the other and leads to the final thoughts in this epistle. And it's a great chapter, and I wish I, I could spend all my time this morning going through the whole chapter but I need to limit my time, so we will, we're going to look at uh, uh, verses 4 to 9. So Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 4 to 9, if you have your Bibles and you'd like to follow along. The Bible says, starting in verse number 4, Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So this morning, I'm just going to go verse by verse and break down this portion of scripture that we're in, and see what Paul here is trying to encourage these believers in Philippi, and encourage us today. Uh, so verse number four, I want you to notice, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So that word rejoice here, it means to be glad. You say, well, how can we be glad? You know, how can we rejoice in these days? At a time like this, there's so much uncertainty, there's so much fear. But we see here what Paul says, it doesn't say to just rejoice, it says rejoice in the Lord always. So no matter what changes, no matter what circumstances there are in our lives, God never changes and we can always rejoice in who he is. 
Um, I read a quote, it says, joy is not an emotional response to circumstances. It's a chosen response to the unchanging nature of God. So matter, no matter what changes in our life, um, we can always rejoice in the unchanging, um, uh, our God, unchanging nature of God. So as I'm reading this passage, I'm thinking about Paul writing this epistle. And when you think about Paul, he wasn't all talk. When he wrote something, he walked what he talked. He meant it. He lived out what he was saying uh, to those people he was writing to. So who better than Paul for the Holy Spirit to use to pen the words, rejoice in the Lord always, because he meant what he was saying. So Paul here is writing to the Philippian believers. And um, as I read this, I'm thinking about what, well, what happened when Paul was in Philippi? Let's go back to when Paul was in Philippi on his a missionary journey and we know in Acts 16 we read about Paul he's being thrown into jail with uh, Silas and um, they're thrown in there because they had um, helped the, the possessed woman who was being taken advantage of and we know that Paul is in jail but how what's his reaction how are they taking this and we know in Acts 16 verse 25 a very familiar uh, portion of scripture it says and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. You know, when I read that verse, it, may, it, it reminds me that God is worthy of praise at all times. No matter what time it is, no matter what the circumstances are, we can rejoice in the Lord and we can praise him and he is worthy of that praise. So we know what happened uh, during that time when he was in the prison and they were um, uh, praying and singing at midnight. Uh, there was the earthquake and all the doors were opened. And we know the jailer, he, he, he gets up and he realizes that all the doors are open and he's thinking that all the prisoners are gone and he's ready to take his life. Um, Paul sees this and he stops them and he tells them all the prisoners are still there. No one had fled. And what was the jailer's response? In Acts 16 verse 30, it says, And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So because of the testimony of Paul and Silas, the jailer reached out to them. He wanted what they had. It was a piece that you can't get from anywhere else. And he knew that and he wanted it. He saw what they had and he desired to have that peace and know that peace. You know, if anyone had reason to complain, it would be Paul from what he went through in his life. Um, trying to serve uh, God and going on his journeys. And he went through so much and uh, in prison and beat, left for dead, shipwrecked, things like that. And yet still, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Doesn't matter the circumstance, rejoice always. When we rejoice in the Lord, in good times, difficult times, doesn't matter when, we're helping ourselves. Um, we're focusing on our firm foundation. We're, we're refocusing, making sure that we know uh, who we're trusting in. We're putting our faith in God. We're saying, I trust you more than I trust myself. We're glorifying God. Um, we're being a testimony to those around us. You know, people maybe look at you and say, you're always happy. I remember one time going on a bus visitation with a bus captain on my bus. And we went to this complex and he was faithful at going out. He was there every week. He made connections with the parents, a really down-to-earth guy. And I remember the dad uh, seeing him and saying, you know, why are you always so happy? It, it, that moment uh, sticks with me to this day. 
him asking him that. You're always so happy. What is it about you? And he, he had the opportunity to say it's it's all through Jesus Christ. That's why I'm happy. It doesn't matter the circumstances, what we're going through. He was happy all the time. You know, so people, that's a testimony to people. So we could be happy in the good times, but what is our response when times are difficult, um, when things get tough? Well, they'll look at you and say, wait, you're still happy despite what's going on, what you're going through in your life, what's going on in this world? You're still praising God? You know, aren't you worried? And just like that jailer, you know, people are going to be attracted to that. They're going to say, you know what, I want that. Whatever you have, whatever peace you have, whatever hope you have during these difficult times, I want that. And people are going to reach out. You have a peace that the world doesn't have. It's a peace that the world is looking for. But they don't, they don't have anything to offer. But Jesus Christ does. So here Paul is writing to these believers in Philippi, which would include this jailer and his family. You know, Paul's writing, and he imagined him writing this uh, letter to the Philippians, and um, most likely this jailer and his family who were all saved would be receiving this and being encouraged by this letter uh, to the church in uh, Philippi. So Paul here says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, Verse number 5 uh, the Bible says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. So that word moderation means to be mild or gentle. Um, so when the idea here is when we suffer for the Lord, or when we're going through hard times, or any time in our life, how do we respond when something's difficult? What is our response to it? When... Um, we respond to circumstances, that's a reflection of our heart. You know, who are we trusting? Are we trusting in ourselves? Are we uh, resting in uh, our Savior? Are we resting in Him? Or are we just a mess of emotions? Um, Getting upset or being impatient? At this time, uh, when I think about that, I think of Paul in jail once again. You know, he's thrown into prison with Silas for helping this Um, possessed woman she's been taken advantage of by these men they're making money off of her and um they they cast the demons out of her and here he is being thrown in prison you know think about how we respond uh today to injustice you know we get upset we fight our case we plead our case Think about what, how we would have responded if we were Paul and we were thrown into prison for trying to help somebody. You know, I, I know my reaction, I'd be fighting, I'd be kicking up a storm, I'd be trying to plead my case. But we see here that um, Paul is resting in the Savior. He's trusting in him. He's praying to God. They're singing praises at midnight no matter the circumstances. He responded with gentleness, with moderation. He let it be known. Um, can you imagine if they mistreated that um, that jailer, if they were yelling at him, they weren't being a testimony, they ruined their testimony, they, were, um, they weren't praying, they weren't uh, singing praises. After this all happened, there's a good chance that maybe he would take his life and that he wouldn't have reached out because he didn't see something that he wanted. He didn't see that hope that he could have in Jesus Christ. Paul responded in a gentle way. 
you know, showing care for someone who was part of the injustice. But we know that Paul was resting in God. So let your moderation be known to all men, not just a select few, but it should just be how we carry it our lives and just have that gentleness uh, before people to be a, um, a testimony. Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Paul says, um, the Lord is at hand. He's right here with me, the last part of this verse. You know, he was trusting him. He realized no matter where he was, God was right there with him. And he, he determined, he was saying, you know, I will trust in him and I will wait on him. So let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse number six, as we continue on, it says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing, the first part of verse six. So the idea of careful, um, if you read it, you, you might say, well, what does that mean not to be careful? But that word careful is talking about um, anxious, being anxious about something, um, overly caring, um, obsessing over something. It's the same idea when Jesus spoke in uh, Matthew 6, verse 25 to 26, when he says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. And we understand what the meaning of this verse is about uh, God taking care of. But when he says, take no thought for your life, that's the same idea as be careful for nothing. So Jesus says, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the, not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? You can think all you want. You can worry all you want. It's not going to change anything. Just like uh, Jesus says here in verse 27. You know, we're not going to add any um, cubits to our statue, stature, but just by thinking about it, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. So you can worry all you want, but it's not going to change circumstance. Um, you can obsess over it, but really what is it going to do? It's going to make us feel worse. And when we worry, it's actually stunting our the growth of our faith. We're not going to grow in faith when we're worrying, when God really is trying to stretch us and to grow our faith. So Paul here is saying, when he says, be careful for nothing, he's saying, don't worry. Be careful for nothing. Not a single thing should you be worrying about. So when you read this verse, it's kind of like when um, Paul is saying, rejoice um, in the Lord always. And you say, well, how can I do that all the time? But well, we see that we're rejoicing in the Lord and the fact that he's unchanging. And it's the same idea here when he's saying, you know, be careful for nothing. And you say, well, Paul, that's easy for you to say. You know, it's easier said than done. But thankfully, that is not where Paul ends this verse. He says, be careful for nothing, but then he continues on. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So he says, be careful for nothing. You know, don't worry about a single thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. So he gives uh, the flip side there, you know, don't worry about a thing. Don't think about it. Don't obsess over things. But in everything, 
by prayer, be in prayer, by supplication, with thanksgiving. So we've noticed three different words here. We see prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Uh, prayer is the general word for making requests known to the Lord. It carries the idea of um, devotion or worship of God. So that's the idea. I know that my God is big enough to solve my problems. You know, when we go before God, are we are we rushing in and panicking, um, disputing out our needs and wants, or do we approach God with trust? You know, we know who God is. We go in adoring Him, worshiping Him. Hebrews four sixteen it says, "Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace." that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, we can come boldly, not because of ourselves or who we are, but we can go boldly before the throne of grace because of who God is. You know, he wants to help us. We can go to him in time of need. So we see prayer, but then we also see supplication. And supplication, that's um, an earnest sharing of our needs and our problems. That's really, it's showing God your dependence on Him. When you're going to Him, totally relying upon Him and what He can do for you. And let me remind uh, you, when we go to God, we don't need to exhaust all of our abilities, exhaust all of our resources to show God our dependence on Him. In fact, the opposite, we should always come to God in full dependence, no matter how things are going in life. God shouldn't be a safety net, but rather he should be our everything all the time. And we should be always totally dependent on him. So we see supplication and then we see thanksgiving. And this one is more obvious. It's about uh, giving God thanks, having a thankful spirit in our life. Um, if we're constantly complaining, that isn't a spirit of uh, thanksgiving, giving thanks. You know, maybe we're stuck at home and uh, we're getting tired of it. We're being impatient. We're wondering when, when will things get back to normal? And we're complaining. You know, that isn't a, a spirit of thanksgiving. That isn't giving thanks to God. And that doesn't benefit us um, as we see as we go through this um, passage and helping us have peace no matter when in our life, but especially during these times when we're all looking for uh, peace in Christ, uh, we need to make sure that we have a thankful spirit. And then Paul goes on to say, let your requests be made known. And um, I think about that and it, it excites me. You know, God wants to hear us. He wants to know our requests. He wants us to go before him. He knows what they are, but he wants to have that relationship. It's just like a father who knows that his child is in need of things. I'll, I'll take care of uh, Simon, the needs that he has, but when he comes to me and says, you know, I need this. That's the relationship. That's building a relationship. The same with, uh, with um, our Heavenly Father. He knows our needs, but he wants that communication. He wants that relationship. He wants us to go to him with a request. Let your request be made known. First Peter 3, verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayer. Do you have something to tell God? Let him know. Do you have some burdens that are weighing heavy on you? Let him know. Tell him about those things. Do you have some requests for God? Tell him about them. He wants to hear you. 
You know, many of us, we have that one friend that we can tell everything to. We trust them. We tell them things. Well, why, why don't we tell it to Jesus, who not only wants to hear, but he has the ability to help us, to guide us, to lead us in this life. I love that old hymn, um, Tell It to Jesus. That hymn was written back in 1876, but I love the words to that song. It says, are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. Do the tears flow down your cheeks unbidden? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Have you sins that two men's eyes are hidden? Tell it to Jesus alone. Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious what shall be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus alone. Can I tell you something? Jesus wants to hear you. He wants to know your needs. He wants to know the burdens on your heart. He wants you to go with him. He wants to hear your request. Whatever it is, whatever's laying heavy in your heart, go to him and tell it to Jesus. So Paul here, he says, be careful for nothing. You know, don't worry about a single thing, but in everything about prayer. Pray about it. Pray about all things. Then we get to verse number seven, and Paul here, he says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So as, as we go on here, I love the progression that we see. You know, every time Paul is challenging us to do something um, seemingly impossible, and you say, well, how am I going to do that? He gives us the solution. So we're, we're challenged not to worry, but we're challenged to pray. You know, don't worry about a thing, but take everything to God. And with that in mind, we see the result of that. You know, what happens when we don't worry and we go to God and we pray to him? We see the result uh, of verse number six um, here in verse number seven and it says and the peace of god the peace of god when we don't worry about anything and we're going to god with everything we are going to have that peace of god there's a great example of this result of peace in the old testament um, in daniel uh, chapter 6 verses 10 to 11 the bible says now when daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. So here we see Daniel and the decree has been signed that he can no longer pray to God. And yet still we see that he did at a four time. But first of all, do you notice how Daniel prayed? It says that he prayed, he gave thanks, and that in verse number 11, he made supplication before his God. So we see that he's following that same pattern that Paul describes here in verse 7. But secondly, we see what was the result of Daniel praying, giving thanks and making supplication. Well, we know that Daniel, he had peace. We look at what Daniel went through in his life um, as a result of him um, breaking the decree, breaking the law. We know that he was thrown into the lion's den. And we know that Daniel had peace. So while King Darius 
uh, if you read through that account, he couldn't sleep. He, he tried to, he couldn't uh, go to sleep because he was concerned about his friend Daniel. But we know that Daniel, he spent the night in the den knowing that God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. He had peace. Daniel knew how to pray. He's a great example of that in scriptures. And Daniel knew the peace of God. So we see that as a result of us not worrying and praying, the result is that of the peace of God. And Paul goes on to say in this verse, verse number seven, which passeth all understanding. You know, that means a peace that we can't even imagine. A peace which only an infinite God can provide to finite man who can't even comprehend the peace that he offers. A peace that is completely undisturbed by anything this world uh, can come up with. Uh, a peace that the world seeks, but no one can find outside of God. The world wants it, but they're, they're not able to produce it because only God has that kind of peace. A peace with pa- which passeth all understanding. And then Paul goes on to say, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That peace that um, Paul is talking about, he says, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Paul's heart and mind was kept by this perfect peace. The word keep um, that Paul uses here is the same word um, as kept in custody. So Paul knew about being kept in custody, being uh, held a prisoner, being bound by a guard, being under the watch of. So that same idea, just as much as Paul knew what it was like to be in custody of a guard, he's saying, I'm, I'm um, under bounds of that peace. I'm on watch. I'm surrounded by that perfect peace through Christ Jesus. So today, is your heart heavy? Are you weighed down by burdens? Um, is your mind swirling around? Paul here, he talks about uh, keeping your hearts and your minds. But we can have perfect peace through Jesus. Well, how? Well, if we follow what Paul is saying here in these verses, it says rejoice in the Lord always. We always need to be rejoicing in Christ and his unchanging nature. Let our responses be of someone who knows the Lord by our side. You know, are we responding gently? Are we uh, letting our moderation be known to all men? And then Paul goes on to say, don't worry about anything and pray about everything. It's all about our relationship with our Savior and our trust in Him. Are we trusting Him during these times and all the time in our lives? Maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. Maybe, I know uh, many of the people watching right now are part of our church and some other uh, believers, but maybe you're watching today. Maybe someone invited you to watch. Uh, they share this post with you and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You don't have a personal relationship with Him. We, uh, as we read the Bible, we see all throughout Scripture that uh, the peace that we have that was brought to us by Jesus Christ. First of all, we know that Jesus, uh, He's referred to as the Prince of Peace. Uh, in prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, speaking of uh, Jesus coming as the Messiah, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and it lists a bunch of his names, but the last thing mentioned in this verse is the Prince of Peace. He came into this world as the Prince of Peace, bringing peace to all mankind. 
uh, Romans 5 verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we put our trust in Jesus Christ who died to save us from our sins, we now have a relationship with him. And when we walk with him and trust him, we benefit from his perfect peace that we can't find anywhere else in this world, only through Jesus Christ. Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. We can have perfect peace today through Jesus Christ. So here, thus far in this chapter, we see that Paul has laid this foundation. Um, he's saying this is what we need to do with the Lord's help, and this is what the Lord provides, and that's peace. So do all these things, the Lord's going to help us. Our focus is always on him, and then the Lord's going to provide peace. You know, when our focus is on the Lord and our trust is in him, he, he in turn keeps our mind and our heart in perfect peace. But when we have wrong thinking, we focus on the wrong things and we dwell, dwell on the wrong things. We get caught up in things that cause uh, anxiety in our, in our heart. And rather than finding rest in God, we start having the wrong feelings. That's, that's the fault of uh, thinking on the wrong things, dwelling upon wrong things, obsessing over things that aren't going to change by us dwelling upon them. We start having these wrong feelings and their focus shifts away from God and unto ourselves and unto um, what we think we should be trying to control, which really we should be giving to God to control. Our emotions get control of us. Rather than giving God control, he gives us peace. So Paul here, once we get to verse number 8, he gives us advice. And he's saying, okay, we need to control our thoughts. You know, Jesus is going to help us. He, he offers us peace, but only if we're going to focus on him. So he's helping us here. Okay, what do we dwell upon to help us focus on Jesus Christ? Second Corinthians 10 verse 5 uh, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. So we see we need to bring into captivity every thought in obedience to the obedience of Christ. So verse number eight, um, it says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So I would love to keep going this morning, but I will get to this last half of the chapter this week. Um, we will be having more uh, Facebook Lives on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday night. And then as well, we're going to be having uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday uh, next Sunday, but I'll be continuing on this uh, throughout the week. But let me preface it by saying this. There are a lot of things that we can focus on right now that don't fall into this list. You know, as you read through verse number eight, as we're home uh, during the week, I know some of us are working from home, but as we have a lot of extra time, are the things that are on our mind, are the things that we're feeding our mind, are the things that we're dwelling upon, do they fall in line with verse number eight? You know, when we read something like true, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, 
whatsoever things are pure, lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Are we listening to good reports? We can speculate, we can worry, we can argue, we can be impatient, we can let our emotions take over. Or we can focus on the truth of the Word of God. Our theme this year is explore the Word. I hope that you've been exploring the Word while we've had this extra time. You know, we don't have the excuse anymore to say we don't have the time. We should have been making the time before, but now we're really without excuse. Are we digging into the Word of God? Are we letting the Word of God um, fill our minds and our hearts? We can focus on a loving God who never changes. With all the change in the world, very abrupt in the last few weeks, we can focus on God who doesn't change. We can rejoice in that always. A God who never changes and who isn't surprised by what is going on in the world right now. The God of creation who wants to hear from you. And that amazes me. God loves us and he wants to hear from us. He wants to have a relationship. He wants to talk with us. Who wants to keep you in peace. During these times, it can be difficult, but we know the God of peace who offers that to us in our lives. Maybe today you don't know God. And when I mean no, I mean have a relationship with him. I've mentioned that about having a relationship with him. And you can have a relationship with him. And God wants to have a relationship. Jesus Christ came to this world to um, reconcile us to him, to make things right, to make amends. But it starts with putting your trust in him. It means turning away from what you think and believing on what uh what the Bible says. Believe that Jesus came to save you from your sins. Save us from the penalty of our sins. Believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalties for our sins. Believe that he rose again three days later, showing victory over death, which is what we celebrate at on Easter, which is next Sunday. We celebrate that, that Jesus rose, showing victory over death. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that word whosoever means you. It means everyone in this world. God does not want them to perish. Rather, God has, has made uh, sent his son to die on the cross for us so that we all might be saved. But we need to trust in him. Jesus died on the cross for you, and he wants you to be saved. You can have a relationship with him and experience peace like nothing this world can offer. Are you looking for peace today? Are you looking for hope? You can find that true peace, true hope in Jesus Christ, and you can have that today. What about you, Christian? How's your relationship with our Lord? How's your walk with him? Are you building that relationship with him, or are you still trying to take control of your life, trying to take control of what's going on, trying to trust in your abilities, trying to figure it out. Your heart's weighed down and it's heavy and your mind is filled with emotions. I hope you have a desire to draw closer to him and lean on him during these times and that you are um, tapping into that resource of perfect peace that he offers if you focus on him. You can have that relationship, a closer relationship with him through these difficult times. Let's pray this morning. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we get to 
um, have a relationship with you, Lord, that you want to have that relationship. And I pray that you be with all the believers, that we would focus on you, that we draw closer during these times, that um, we would trust in you and that um, we would just um, not worry about anything, but that we are constantly in prayer with everything, rejoicing always, that we're letting our moderation be known. Lord, help us with that in our lives. Help us to be a testimony to those who are unsaved. And I pray if there's one that is watching today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, they, they don't know what true peace is. They don't know that they're saved. I pray that today they'd make that decision to get saved, that they would trust and believe on you. I pray if there's one that's watching that needs help understanding that they'd reach out and that we can show them from your word how they can be saved and know that perfect peace today. Lord, I pray that you be with us now the rest of this morning, the rest of this service, and that you bless. In your name we pray. Amen. So I hope this morning's online service has been a blessing to you. Uh, it's always encouraging. Even though we're not together physically, we can be together um, and speak with each other on the chats and things like that. I hope you are reaching out to people throughout the week. You know, pick up the phone, call someone, uh, FaceTime someone, things like that. It's always an encouraging to yourself and to those that are on the receiving end as well. Uh, please, uh, tonight, tune in once again at 5 p.m. Uh, Pastor, he's going to be bringing our message, and as well, he's going to be answering some question, questions that people have been asking uh, this evening. So be back here at 5 p.m. And if you have any prayer requests, uh, please let us know. Um, it's it's harder now because we're not at church. We're not seeing people more often. And um, you're not as likely to uh, say something. But if you have a prayer request, we'd, uh, we would love to know. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to encourage you and point you to Jesus Christ, just as we um, hope that you will point us and others to Jesus Christ as well during these times. So message those to us, email us, let us know. And like I said, continue to reach out to one another. Uh, think about the seniors at this time. Reach out to those that are um, alone. Uh, just give them a phone call, encourage them, encourage one another. So God bless you uh, this morning. Uh, stay safe and see you at 5 p.m. Take care.